0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Brockport First Baptist. My name is Shauna Benzon and I'll be your lay reader for today. To begin our service I'd like to invite all who are able to please stand and greet each other.
1: You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Brockport First Baptist. I'm Pastor Dan. Thank you so much for braving the snow and the cold to come worship with us today. Uh, There's a lot happening after church today. We've got the teen closet from 11 to one down in the basement. That is our clothing shelf specializing in youth and young adult fashions. Uh, Gathering table is at noon and we have a congregational meeting right after worship, which is a lot. I'm, if I feel stressed, to, or if I see some stress today, or like I've got some anxiety, there's a lot going on. Um, I want to encourage everyone to stay for the congregational meeting, even if you're not a member of the church. Um, you uh, don't have to be a member to attend, you just have to be a member to vote, and I don't think we're voting on anything, so you can come, you can participate. Um, it's a great way to kill time before gathering table, um, but also, if you are new here especially, I think it's always really good to see how a church conducts business, and especially how it talks about money and this is the meeting the january meeting is where we talk money stuff stewardship how we're doing on the fiscal year and all of that Uh, so that'll be starting a few minutes after the worship service ends uh, today brockport baptist basics is our two-part class for folks looking to get baptized, join the church, or just learn more about us. It is next Sunday, January 28th, and Sunday, February 11th, after worship. It's a two-part class. Um, If you already reached out and let me know that you're coming, you're good. But if not, there's a sign-up sheet uh, at the Connection Center, so sign up there. Lunch is included, childcare is included. It's an awesome time to hang out and talk about what baptism means woo-hoo, which I get real excited about. um, But that is next Sunday and then February 11th. And then the last announcement that I have um, has to do with these blue sheets that are in our bulletins. Um, So we announced a couple weeks ago that uh, Pastor Elisha has accepted a call to our sister church, FBC Rochester, uh, out in Brighton. Elisha's here, by the way. Hi, Elisha. (coughs) You had a You had a red-eye flight flight that got in less than an hour ago, correct? Okay, and she made it here from the airport, safe and sound, which is awesome. Uh, But where these come in, at the end of our church service, uh, last Sunday was supposed to be Elisha's last day, but we had to cancel worship um, because of snow. So at the end of our service today, we're going to bring Elisha up, uh, we're going to pray for her, we're going to send her, and these blue sheets are for all of you to write notes to Elisha. Um, anything you want to say about the impact that she's had on your lives, a thank you, a blessing as she goes to this new call. Um, you can fill these out anytime time this next week. Drop it in one of the joy boxes out in the hallway, either after church today or next Sunday. We're going to get them all together and give them to her uh, as just a, a departing blessing for this new call. That's all I've got, but Martha has an announcement. and I'm going to give you this. For that. Thank Absolutely.
2: Thank you. There's nothing like a bowl of soup when it's wintry and cold, yo? Let's share a bounty with those less fortunate with a super collection of soups to donate to the Brockport Ecumenical Food Shelf this Super Bowl season. Bring your donations to the stage in the Fellowship Hall. Kids can build with them if they'd like, take some pictures. And no matter who wins the big game, We will be winners when we take a truckload of soup to the food shelf afterwards. Thank you so much. We also need volunteers. We need helpers on Thursday when the clients come in. We need help with deliveries. We need help with younger people who don't have white hair. Thank you so much. Thank you, Martha.
1: When are those soup donations due by? Do we want them by Super Bowl Sunday or any time by the end of February? Okay, awesome. So get your canned soup donations in in the next few weeks. With that, I would like to invite all who are able to please stand for our call to worship.
0: Come, let us worship the Lord our God. That we might serve the will of our neighbor. Come, let us worship the Lord our God.
3: That we-
0: Come, let us worship the Lord our God, that we might become
3: the people God is calling us to be. Good morning, church. This is a relatively new song to us. I know that we have sung this before. Um, it, there's a lot of repeating in it, so sing along if you're able. You should be able to pick up and sing along to some of it. Waken my soul, come awake to hunger, to seek to the love, come awake and do as you did at first. Shout me, come wake me from my sleep. Blow through the caverns of my soul, pouring me to overflow. Can my soul Come away. To worship with all your strength. Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Come wake me from my sleep. Blow through the caverns of my soul Pour in me to overflow Come and fill this place Let your glory evade Spirit come and fill this place let's show glory now in this Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me, come wake me from my sleep. Blow through the caverns of my soul, point me to overflow, to overflow.
1: Maybe be seated. <coughs> Elementary kids are dismissed for children's church upstairs. Uh, please make sure that a parent or parent or guardian escorts them where they have to go and have fun, guys. We're gonna uh, open up for prayer requests. Um, If you have a praise, uh, a request, a need to share, uh, please come up to one of these two microphones up here at the front of the sanctuary to share your request. And uh, Jim Boley, can you have the uh, handheld ready to go just in case? And Lori, lead us off. absolutely thanks Julie
4: uh, just like prayers for Bud and Cindy they, they also got COVID a couple of weeks ago and and I think they're over the COVID but it's still kind of kicking their backside. so yeah
1: yeah absolutely we'll be praying for Bud and Cindy
2: I just like to make Jim walk a little but I also want to offer prayers of thanks to my wonderful neighbors who have helped me out with my snow remo- removal this last few days. I appreciate it greatly.
1: Absolutely. Um, two prayer. Oh, go ahead, Joni. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Joni <laughs> broke our microphone stand, so pray for Joni. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
2: Um, uh, you probably saw on the prayer chain, if you're on the prayer chain, um, uh request from Robin Donahue. Her five-year-old granddaughter Riley woke up in the middle of the night the other night with a terrible headache and vomiting. The next day, she was having a lot of trouble walking. She couldn't walk without falling. So she is at Strong Hospital. They admitted her, and they're going to sedate her and do an MRI this morning. So prayers for Riley please and the whole family.
1: Definitely. James, go for it.
5: Yeah, just so, um, Nate got back to school okay yesterday, so um, both for Nate and I, our semesters start tomorrow. Um, So prayers, it's like my last full semester at seminary, Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna need lots of prayers for all the running around we're gonna have to do, but Nate's excited with School starting up and the lacrosse season coming soon. But, and just prayers for anyone that's traveling back to, you know, I don't know when SUNY Brockport starts up, but, yeah. you know, all the travels with the snow and everything, just hopefully everyone gets there safe and get off to a good start.
1: Absolutely. Zach, go for it. As you guys know, I got college coming up tomorrow as well. Uh, Keep prayers that I I do very well as it's my last semester graduating and hopefully can make it through Uh, keep with my brother as I heard that he's uh, feeling dizzy Um, but while I'm up here I want to give a big thank you to Alicia Uh, she's been a great help to my family Uh, couldn't thank her any more than she's done a lot for me and my family so I want to thank you Alicia absolutely Sharon yeah uh,
2: some of you may have um, dealt with family members with dementia and I just want you to know you're not alone they call it the long goodbye and finally found placement for my mom last week at um, a nursing home and it's been so hard yeah. to watch the person you don't leave
1: absolutely thank you sharon two prayer requests um, i have to share uh, continued prayers for betty bemis uh, betty went back into the hospital with a recurring inf- infection about two weeks ago now um, she's been transferred uh, back to monroe community hospital for uh, rehab and for continued treatment so that's that is a good sign um, she is getting stronger by the day Gordon says uh, but she needs a lot of prayer because this was a setback um, we want to be praying that she's able to kick these infections and get back home and get the care she needs and then we also want to be praying for Jim and Luann Sensi. Sensi uh, Jim recently underwent some diagnostic tests which indicate brain atrophy and they're now waiting for an appointment with a memory, uh, a memory specialist, to determine next steps. So we want to be praying for Jim uh, and Luann, uh, just surrounding them with a lot of love and grace uh, through this season. Any other prayer requests, praises? All right. With that, uh, we'll have a few moments of silence so we can all pray on our own, and then I will lead us in prayer together. Let's pray. God of peace lover of justice we come before you this morning with hearts that are filled with gratitude we thank you for this church we thank you for this community for friends and family who love us and care for us in our times of need we thank you for our daily provisions for food and for health and for this beautiful world you've created. God, hear our prayers for our friends who are hurting, for neighbors in need of comfort, and for all those facing uncertainty. We lift up the prayers that were shared today. We pray for Betty and Gordon, for Jim and Luann. We lift up uh, Lori and Walter and their family. We pray for Lori's mom and for all those uh, with COVID right now. We lift up Jerry and Danielle, Bud and Cindy. We pray for Linda and her neighbors, for little Riley and their family. Pray for Nate and James and Zach and all those who are starting new semesters and who are traveling, especially in light of all the snow. Pray for Zach's brother. We lift up Pastor Elisha. Pray for Sharon and her mom and all uh, who are going through and have gone through the experience of that long goodbye when when a family member is dealing with dementia. And God, we lift up any needs that remain unspoken as we look out at a world that is hurting, Lord. We pray for the countless men and women, past and present, who have worked tirelessly for equality, peace, and justice. May we be inspired by their bravery and informed by their wisdom. Bless this church, God. Nurture our relationships. Keep us curious about our differences. Help us delight in the ways we challenge each other. Give us guidance when obstacles seem insurmountable and when our vision becomes blurry. Give us your tenderness in times of despair. Help us to slow down and focus on your love. God, may we experience the fullness of your presence in this place as we pursue the work you have set before us. We ask for all these things in the powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ because it was he who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Uh, Before our offering today, uh, January is Stewardship Month. And so every week in the month of January, uh, we're having folks from our congregation share a little bit about um, our church, things they love about our church, um, why they uh, give and are part of our ministries. And Thomas Gant uh, is sharing this Sunday. So let's hear it for Thomas. And Thomas, you got your pick of any mic that you that you uh, want. So if you want to be on on the floor, if you want to head up there, um, whatever whatever works. Thank you. This
6: mic always captures my voice a little bit better. Starting over here. Um, good morning. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about stewardship and to share a testimony um, about it. I'm. I have to admit that I am battling. I don't know what it is. Cold, flu, whatever you want to call it, but. I have been, like we used to say when I was a kid, sat on my back pockets for the last um, three or four days. So it's been a struggle. I had to fight through to get through here this morning, but I had the opportunity to talk about you know God and testimony and how he's blessed. So um, I'm fighting through. I won't wish this on nobody, except for Kansas City Chiefs fans. So. <clears throat> no, I shouldn't say that in church, I shouldn't say that in church, so <clears throat> I'm going to take that back. But, um, so just talk a little bit about stewardship and something I learned I wanted to share, right? Talk about just how God has blessed us. I've been blessed. Um, you're talking about a person who spent a considerable amount of time in prison on his own volition, right? Made some bad decisions, um, but even still blessed through that. Got home, um, I've been able to now, um, had three jobs of employment um, and all of them, you know, just ascending or what we call so called, Ladder and just bless. And some of that has come from just prayers of the church and the support this community has, has given me. I stood up here in actual for prayers for healing, for employment, blessings of our family, our relationship, my marriage, my wife. And everything has come forward. Has it been perfect? No. Are we still battling and dealing with through things? Yes. But I can testify that God has given us comfort, peace, and um, strength to battle through. Um, So as far as stewardship, I wanted to share the importance of that. I just want to say, first of all, to this congregation, that this is good ground here at this church, right? Great people. Pastor Dan from day one, Pastor Alicia, have been a tremendous blessing to my wife and I and our household. Um, Whether it's through encouragement, whether it's through phone calls, whether it's through support, through the word that they have shared, um, the friendship that my wife and Pastor Alicia um, has has fostered um, has been great. The people who I've met in this church um, have been great, so I just want to testify that this is good ground and good soil to plant your seed in. And I say seed because that's what I refer to our our tides or things that we're supposed to be doing with our stewardship here in this church. Um, this is a good place to plant your seed. Now I will encourage everybody to do that. Um, I'm reminded real quickly of the third chapter in Malachi, um, and I'm not going to go into the history about all that, but I'll just share that prophet Malachi was talking to people and I believe through the inspiration of God he shared and asked a question and that question was will a man rob God now first my mind was blown when I first read this in scriptures like how can somebody rob God Right? how can you cheat God God is the creator of all he given us all the things how can we actually rob him well Malachi the inspiration of God answered that and he said that you rob God when you not only not treat immigrants your neighbors your loved ones right but more importantly, when you don't bring the tithes into the storehouse. And so I'm encouraging everybody here, don't rob God. And this is not scary, this is not to be that fire and brimstone, but I wanna share with you a spiritual, um, I call it a spiritual law. When we plant good seed, when we follow what God's word says, which is to plant seed, to give our tithes into the storehouse. God says this, when you do that, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing big enough that you won't have room enough to receive. And I'm here to testify that I have been receiving those great blessings. Some of the things that I've experienced in doing um, has been blowing my mind, has been blowing my family's mind, has been blessing me and my wife. So I just want to encourage everybody to not only not rob God, but to let you know this is good ground. This is a great church, a great community um, to share. And it's important for us to have good stewardship over what God has blessed us anyway. And just giving tithes also is just giving God back what he's already given you, right? And, and just having that integrity as, as, as stewardship. So, and as a secret, I'll tell you what I do with my tithes in closing. So, when I do plant my seed or my tide here in church every week, I say a, a, a quiet little prayer over it, right? Because I name it. Because God talked about He opened up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing big enough you won't have room to receive. Well, I got a heck of imagination. So, if God can supersede my imagination, here's what I need you to do, God. So, I actually will name um, a tide or a blessing that I'm looking for God, whether it's healing. Whether it's financial blessing, whether it's favor, whether it's, you know, grace, it's mercy, and God has done that. So I just wanted to testify that we serve an awesome God. Um, This is a great church. I'm so thankful for the leadership of our pastor, Dan, and also um, the beautiful um, and great and gracious Alicia. So thankful. Um, Thank you for answering the call that God has in your life, too. I'll continue to pray for you, and one of my tithes will be named specifically for you and your prosperity. But thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity
0: now is the time in our service when we respond to God's grace with the giving of our tithes and offerings in just a moment the ushers will be passing the plates if you brought a physical offering with you today please drop it in there if you prefer to give online you can do so on our website let us pray to bless the offering all things have their origin with you Lord and from these riches we freely give that your church might grow in this place and throughout the world. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 page 885 in your pew Bibles when the day of Pentecost had come they were all together in one place and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages they are filled with new wine. The word of God for the people of God. Be to
1: God. And thanks for that reading, Shauna. Let's hear for Shauna for nailing all those place names. That was awesome. <clears throat> I wasn't even sure how to say some of those, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into the sermon, just a little housekeeping on the teaching front. Um, A couple weeks ago, we started our series on the book of Acts, um, but then last week, as you all know, we had to cancel worship because it was a whiteout here in Brockport. Um, So I recorded last Sunday's sermon, and we emailed that out uh, to everyone who gets our newsletter. If you missed that and you want to catch it, it's on the sermon page of our website. Um, All that to say, if it feels like we're skipping part of Acts, that's what's happening. There is a sermon out there in the ether somewhere. Uh, You just have to go find it if you want to hear it. For today, though, we're going to plow straight ahead, and we're going into Acts chapter 2, and we're talking about Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. If you grew up in church, you might be familiar with Pentecost, uh, especially if you were raised Catholic or Lutheran, Episcopalian, the, the high church traditions that really do a great job of celebrating all the holy days. But for those of us who weren't raised in church, or maybe if you grew up in a Baptist church, you might be sitting here thinking, what's a Pentecost, (laughs) right? Um, Pentecost is a holiday. It's typically in late May or June. It's the Greek name for the Jewish festival of Shavuot. Let me hear you all say Shavuot. Shavuot. Hannah, how's my pronunciation? Did I nail it? Nice, awesome. Um, Shavuot. Also called the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament, it's one of the holiest days in the Hebrew calendar. It celebrates the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. Do you guys remember the part where Charlton Heston goes up on the mountain, right, and he gets, he gets the, two, the two tablets of the Ten Commandments? That was on Shavuot. That's what this holiday commemorates. The Israelites had just escaped slavery in Egypt. Pharaoh's army just drowned in the sea. The Israelites are wandering through the wilderness following a pillar of fire in the sky that leads them to this mountain. Suddenly there's this huge rush of wind as the Spirit of God settles on the top of the mountain. That's when Moses goes up on the mountain, receives the law, presents the law to the people, and they pledge to follow the law and to follow God. That is Pentecost or Shavuot. It's really the birthday of Israel as a nation when these people become a people it's it's almost like the anniversary of God in Israel that's what's going on uh, with shavuot which makes it really appropriate that pentecost is also the birthday of the church the followers of Jesus are all together in one place we know from acts chapter 1 they, they number about 120 at this point so it's a ragtag bunch of folks all of a sudden the room is filled with this rushing wind The same wind that blew on Mount Sinai. Remember how the Israelites followed a pillar of fire in the sky? Well, these first Christians each receive a tongue of fire, a tiny little micro-pillar of fire that settles over each one of them as they receive the Spirit of God. And then the Holy Spirit stirs in them, and they start to speak in other languages, languages they didn't know before. They go out, and there's all these visitors in Jerusalem, pilgrims, Jewish folks from, from all over the world who have come to town for the festival. All of a sudden, these visitors hear these followers of Jesus speaking in their own native languages. And remember, these Christians are from Galilee, right? They're like, they're like backwoods hicks who probably barely speak their own language, and now all of a sudden, they are speaking all these other languages, fluent Arabic, Parthian, Egyptian, Greek, Latin, coming out, of their mouths. Many in the crowd are amazed by this. Some would even go on to join this new Jesus movement, while others dismiss it, saying they must be drunk. They've been hitting the wine a little early. What a fascinating story. Pentecost is a miracle. It's uh, supernatural, mysterious, otherworldly. This stuff doesn't normally happen, which means that as modern readers, we don't really know what to do with stories like these. We don't know how to handle all the magic. We read about Pentecost, and it's like, well, that's nice. That would have been something to see. It's too bad, it's too bad God doesn't work like that anymore. In like nerdy theology circles, Pentecost is something people will debate over. Uh, You hear debates over whether or not the gift of tongues is still a thing. Does the Holy Spirit still work in this way or was that something for its time? Either way, it, it doesn't usually have much to say about how we actually live as followers in Jesus today. I think we miss something really profound if we dismiss this story as a miracle or if we treat it as a theology debate that is not what pentecost is about. In fact, I believe that this story has something incredibly beautiful and compelling to say to us if we're ready to hear it and receive it. I'm curious, quick poll by show of hands, how many of us can speak another language? Like like maybe you're not fluent but you, you, could, you could get by. You know some words, you know some phrases. Okay, that's a number of us, a, f- a few of us. Not, not the majority, typical Americans. Um, but, but we've got some folks in here who can speak in other tongues, which is awesome. Um, I took six years of German in public school because, you know, that's a useful language. <laughs> German. A um, lot of opportunities to use that one. With six years under my belt, you would think that I would be fluent I am not. Um, I've lost most of it. The stuff I remember is is silly stuff. Uh, I can I can say things like "Ich habe eine Frage." I have a question. Um, "Wo ist der Bleistift?" Where is the pencil? Right, like like classroom stuff that is completely useless in actual conversation. What's that? Oh, "Ich liebe dich too." I don't I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, my my German's useless. Um, there's something though about learning another language. When you learn a language, you are really learning a culture. You're learning a people. You become fascinated by their history, their art, the food. I still get way too excited if I ever have schnitzel, right? Or like, or like pretzels, who doesn't love a good pretzel? This is actually one of the things I love about my wife. Um, if you know my wife, if you've met Aaron. Uh, you might know that her passion in life is travel. The woman lives to travel. She loves exploring new places, learning about them, researching the customs, the culture, learning a few phrases in the language, whether it's uh, Thailand, Costa Rica, France. The woman loves France. She is drawn to these places, and I love to witness it. I love to watch her plan and organize. I, like, I love getting dragged along to all the, the centers and the sites. I love watching my wife fall in love with a place, a culture, and the people. To learn the language of a people is to fall in love with a people. That's the miracle of Pentecost. In this event, the Holy Spirit is sending the Christians out into the world. They receive the ability to speak new languages so they can proclaim the gospel in those languages. That's true, that's like the the utility of it. But there's more going on here. God is moving them to fall in love with a people who are not their own. The Holy Spirit is tearing down the barrier of language so that these followers of Jesus can love other people the way Jesus does. That's the gift of tongues. The way the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to give us a love for the other, a people who aren't like us, who aren't part of our group. Of course, when we talk about language and tongues, we do have to acknowledge that the church does not have a perfect track record on this front. We don't always love the other. It was white European Christians, my ancestors, who colonized the world. We cut it up, labeled it, divvied it out amongst ourselves. Um, It was Christians who decimated the native cultures of this land where we're all standing, erasing languages, annihilating populations, imposing our language on them. Christians did that. Colonialism is really a sort of um, perverse, inverted anti Pentecost. Over the last few years, um, archaeologists and and researchers have uncovered more than 200 unmarked graves near residential schools in Canada. Many of you have probably followed this story, seen this news. Um, These were church run schools for indigenous kids, Native American kids. More than 150,000 Native American children were taken from their families and put into these schools by Christians, by us. As dark as all that history is, as terrible as the Christian legacy of colonialism is, one of the few little rays of light we find in all those stories has to do with language. The first Europeans, the, the first white people, who really started to question this whole colonization thing were the translators, the ones who went in to learn the native languages so they could translate for the folks who came after them. It was the translators who were the first people, other than the native populations themselves, to speak up and say, this is not right. What we're doing to these people is wrong. We have so many records, so many testimonies of the translators saying that. They learned the language, and they fell in love with the people. They became advocates. They learned to talk like they talk, to think like they think. It was the translators who were the first people to see native populations as human beings. And it's because of that shared language. To learn a language is to learn a culture and to fall in love with the people. What language is God calling you to learn? What language is God calling you to learn? To put it differently, what people group outside your own is God calling you to fall in love with? You could take this question very literally, like we could actually talk about like literal language cultures. Um, Is there a place in the world you've always wanted to go? Is there a culture you're fascinated by? You might not have the means to get there right now, and that's fine, but you can start cultivating your love for that people. Read up on the history of that place. Engage with their art and culture. Find a restaurant that serves their cuisine. Take a language class, or better yet, just go on YouTube and watch some videos to learn some basic words and phrases. It's free. Indulge that impulse, it comes from the Holy Spirit. Is there a part of the world that your heart breaks for? Maybe uh, you're moved by the persecution of Christians in places like Myanmar uh, or the war in Ukraine, the violence in Gaza. If the Holy Spirit is giving you compassion for a people, start feeding that compassion. Read a book by someone from that culture, follow the news coming out of that part of the world, read up on their history, start to learn their language, engage with the art food, and culture. My heart is broken right now over the conflict uh, in Israel and Gaza. I have always wanted to go to the Holy Land. I have always been fascinated by that part of the world. Um, And it's just been crushing to see not only the horrible violence of October 7th, but all the violence that has come after that. Innocent Palestinians who've died in rocket strikes. I've stopped watching the news because it's, it's just too disheartening, I can't take it. But a little over a month ago, I heard an interview with a rabbi out in Los Angeles named Sharon Brous. She is um, a rabbi with roots in Israel who is also calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. She defines herself as pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinian. Um, she pastors a progressive Jewish community in LA called IKAR. I've started listening to her sermons online every week, and it's been illuminating. It's it's become really my main source of news about the conflict. Um, Every week she unpacks the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, in a way that's geared toward lamenting the violence, the loss of life, and calling for peace. And I gotta tell you, listening to those sermons from another faith, focusing on a different part of the world It's starting to deepen my love for the people of Israel and the people of Palestine. I feel like I'm starting to learn their language. This is just as applicable to our own context. There are plenty of communities right here in Brockport and Rochester outside of our own that we can learn from, listen to, and begin to fall in love with. Maybe you're worried about the migrant community here in Rochester. With the election coming, all the rhetoric heating up, you're worried about what's going to happen to our undocumented neighbors. Don't just doom scroll and binge cable news. Put your compassion into action. Now is the time to start learning Spanish, to start shopping at a Latin American grocery store. Read up on the policies, the activism that's happening locally. There is so much we can do and be involved in. Maybe you're worried about worse re- uh, race relations in the United States and the state of our policing. Read some books by African-American authors. Listen to sermons from black churches, or better yet, go actually visit one of our African-American sister churches in Rochester. Maybe you need to listen to some hip-hop or read some poetry by black authors drive into the city, try a soul food restaurant. There's so much you can do to deepen your love and compassion to learn the language. The Holy Spirit is still sending us out into the world. It is still calling us to learn tongues that are not our own until we burn with that same love for these communities that God already has. I don't want to be a colonizer who imposes my language on others. I want to be a translator who actually learns their language and falls in love with the people. This is something we can also put into practice right here at our church. The church is a perfect place to sharpen our skills and begin to speak in new tongues. Maybe you're a younger person, and there's someone from an older generation who sits near you at church, You've seen each other. You've made awkward eye contact a couple times. Introduce yourself to them after worship today. Invite them to sit with you at the gathering table. If you have a lunch break uh, during the week, mark your calendar for Thursday, February 8th. That's our next lunch bunch over at Pinewood, our monthly gathering for seniors. Come join us at that. I'll be there too. It's a blast. On the same note, if you're one of our more Uh, seasoned church members and there's a young person you've met at church a few times. Maybe this is the week to say hi after church. Introduce yourself. Invite them to sit with you at the gathering table. Get to know them. Is God calling you to speak the language of teenagers? We have a youth group that meets Sunday nights here at church. Is God calling you to learn the babble of infants We have a nursery here at church on Sunday mornings that needs volunteers. That impulse to explore a new place, learn a new language, connect with a new people, that is a holy impulse, you guys. It's from the Spirit of God. Don't sleep on it. Feed it. Indulge it. Pursue it. Follow that impulse until it bears fruit for God's kingdom. That's what it looks like to speak in new tongues. Let's pray. God, give us a passion that burns for a people who are not our own. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. Tear down any walls that prevent us from loving the people you are calling us to love. Empower us to speak in new tongues. And let it be for your glory. Amen. I'd like to invite all who are able to please stand and join in singing our sending hymn, Breathe On Me, Breath of God. I'm going to invite everyone to please be seated, and I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Elisha as well as Kurt and Joni, and Jim, You uh, are you going to come, I can't remember, why don't, you, why don't you come on up, Jim as well, um, Joni might be helping with stuff for the gathering table, um, oh here's Joni, perfect. But today, today is a happy day, but it's also a sad day. Um, and I'm gonna hand it over to Kurt to start us off.
4: So I wanted to start by thanking your whole family. The smiles and the laughter, the big things and the small things, the things that many of us don't even see that they've done behind the scenes. Your family has been a huge blessing to this church. Don't make me cry. <sighs> I had to write this down because I wanted to try to get the words right. My dear friend, I've said many times that I've known at some point in time we were going to lose you, and I've tried to be prepared for that. But it isn't any easier now that the time to to say goodbye has come. I take comfort in knowing that a gift like yours needs to be shared, and I'm confident that God is sending you where he intends that gift to bear all of its good fruits. Those people are so blessed. I want you to know what a joy it has been to watch you grow in your ministerial gifts. Last summer in particular, what a joy it was to watch your maturation with each sermon that went by. You have a courage about you. When you're in the pulpit, you put your heart on the line. You trust that in doing so, that God's message can be delivered more securely into our hearts. And I got to feel that over and over. I have no way to thank you appropriately for all the things that you've done these past years. You have worn so many hats, administrator, discipleship coordinator, treasurer, event coordinator, children's ministry lead, and associate pastor, and that's not all of them. Thank you for all of it. Thank you for putting your heart into First Baptist and helping us to fulfill our mission to embody God's love. May God bless you, may he watch over you, and I love you.
2: Elisha. Light light here at... You have been a bright light here at Brockport First Baptist. You've brought love and laughter, imagination, inspiration, resourcefulness, vision, and uniqueness, and the list goes on and on. Your love for us, all of us, and for God, is apparent in everything that you do. You and I have worked alongside each other on so many projects, and I will truly miss your presence here You have made a lasting impact on me, this church, and our community. We've done so much good for so many people, and I'm so proud of us. Through all of our work together, we've developed a wonderful friendship. We're both dreamers. (laughs) And we're often on the same wavelength. Our friendship will continue to grow, and our work together on the Broadport Community Connection will carry on. Your absence here will be deeply felt, and your contributions will be greatly missed. And I must say that Winifred and Mary will miss Sarah. (laughs) We will always love you and your family. We wish you all the best as you embark on this exciting new journey. May success follow you every step of the way. And may God bless you always.
5: You notice I don't have anything written down because I was told earlier in the week we were changing things up, but that's okay. Sorry about that. I can adjust. (laughs) Pam and I have been blessed with two amazing sons. Beautiful daughter and four of the world's greatest grandchildren. <coughs> but they live too far away. So these past four years, <coughs> I've grown to love her like a daughter.
1: <coughs>
5: In fact, I said I'd adopt her she would dump uh, Sally and Raj, but she wouldn't do that. <laughs> but like any parent knows, there comes a time when it's time for your child to chase their dreams, follow their heart, and move on. And that's what you're doing. Hmm. And we wish you the best. We will always love you, and we'll always pray for you.
1: Thanks, Jim. Yeah. It's called emotion. It's a good thing. I didn't prepare a speech either. But, um, Elisha, I know you've often said that I'm like the little brother you never wanted. (laughs) Um, And you really have been like a big sister uh, to me, in a lot of ways, um, and a good friend. And I want to say the same thing I said when you told us you'd be leaving, that I'm really excited for you, I'm really excited for this new call, and to see what God is going to be, the amazing stuff God is going to be doing through you in the months and years to come, Uh, but I'm really sad to see you go. And um, this is ascending, Uh, so we're going to pray over Elisha. I want to invite the folks up here to lay a hand on her, and I want to invite everyone in the congregation to uh, stretch out a hand or two as we pray this prayer of sending over you. Loving God, we come before you with hearts overflowing with gratitude for Elisha and the incredible gift she has been to our church. We thank you for guiding us, teaching us, encouraging us and loving us through her ministry. We pray for her family. We thank you for the relationships they've formed here and we ask that you would bless them on this next leg of the journey. God bless Elisha and the work you've called her to at FPC Rochester. Make her a blessing to her new church. Empower her for this call. Give her your wisdom, your strength, and your grace. We ask for all these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, guys. Before I give uh, the closing blessing, just a reminder that there is a congregational meeting happening after worship. We'll start it at eleven fifteen, so you got a few minutes, especially for folks who wanna uh, who aren't staying for that. That you can. Um, exit. <laughs> um, and um, I wanted to say, too, uh, there is no child care for the congregational meeting. So parents, kids are welcome to join us for the meeting, but we also want to make sure our children's ministry volunteers can join us as well. Um, so if you're a parent with a kid upstairs, please feel free to scoot out, get them, bring them back down here so that our children's ministry volunteers can attend the meeting as well. And now please receive this blessing. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen.